This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why are you a songwriter? Oh my gosh, um, that's a difficult question. <laughs> Simple but broad. Um, yes, um... It's been a very natural way for me to express myself, basically. So I started writing poems and songs when I was very little. I think when I first started writing, I would uh, write poems. I have this little book of poems that I started writing when I was like seven, seven years old. Um, so I always liked that. And it just became something that I did. I don't know. You still have a little book? Yes. <laughs> I do. I just, I don't know where it is actually right now, but I do have it. I've saved it. When was the last time you had a look inside? Maybe five years ago, six years ago. It's very funny. I was very much into rhyming at that time. So the poems are not very good because I always had to rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was aspiring to, to become someone uh, good at writing. What sort of stuff were you writing about at like seven years old? I was m mostly copying um, the poems that I heard in class at school. So we would have these fairy tales and stuff that uh, that our teacher would tell us, and then I would sort of write poems about that. So I would just copy copy that, I think. And I also wrote one about my grandfather. <laughs> yeah. When when after that, at what point do you discover that you can sing? How long after you start writing in that way? I think it was maybe before that even that wow. I discovered that I could sing. Um. Because my father, he was um, he was a great singer, um, and he would always uh, sing with us, sing with me and my sister. And I have a video of myself when I was like three, two or three years old, where my voice is actually quite clear and quite uh, pronounced. So, and that was something I also used a lot to express myself. So my mom tells me that I would sing to myself um, when I was playing alone, and often 
kind of tell stories of what had happened that day through song to myself, kind of, I don't know. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, it's, it's quite interesting. <laughs> She's been telling me these things lately. I didn't really know, but uh, yeah. Do you, is that something you would still do now? Do you still sing when you kind of are just going about your daily business a little bit? Yes, unfortunately, it's become, um, <laughs> uh, my dad used to do it all the time and I would be so annoyed. And uh, now I'm taking after him. So I do it when I do the dishes or whatever. I, I sing. Are you singing actual songs or are you just singing kind of gibberish? A lot of gibberish, I think. And then also actual songs, if I have a song on my mind or if I have been listening to a song a lot, then I can sing that as well. It's just something that I do. Do you ever, would you ever like stumble upon a melody or something when you're just in that state where you're not really thinking about it and you're just kind of singing gibberish? Sure, definitely. I think that's a part of um, uh, what I love about writing is that it's uh, a lot of it is just unconscious. It's um, or subconscious. I don't know. It's not unconscious. It's a subconscious. Sorry, because you know, you've, I've heard all this music uh, in my life, and it's somehow it's a lot of it is just stored in there, and it comes out. Um, so sometimes I just sing a line that I remember if I've heard somewhere, and then sometimes it's I don't know a mashup of other. Of, of different songs that has sort of become a line that I like and that I can use in, in my own songs. It's interesting what you were saying there about how songwriting is such a subconscious thing. Do you develop tools to kind of unlock that side of your brain? Do you develop tools to get to that place? Yes, I'm actually working on that pretty hard right now because uh, before it wasn't really something I had to work at. It would just I think a lot of songwriters say this, that in the beginning... When you start writing and when you start doing it seriously, things kind of just flow. And then after you've re released like maybe, maybe your first or second piece of, of work, it becomes more difficult because then you've kind of maybe you need to sort of refill that place of, of inspiration or whatever. And uh, so at the moment or for the last couple of years, it's been way harder for me to get to that place and I've have, have had to work at, uh, at getting there much more and I don't really know how to do it it's um, it's very difficult <laughs> to reach that point so I think the, the, the only thing you can do is just keep writing and keep writing and keep writing and then sometimes then you stumble upon something good that will inspire you to uh, keep working on it I don't know how much of the process is still a mystery to you then if you're saying there that you can't quite figure how to refill that tank and you just have to kind of work through it I'd say a lot of it is still very mysterious to me I mean, of course, you get to a point where if you find a good melody or a, a good line or something, then you have to do the actual work of trying to understand what it's about and trying to write more ly lyrics, try to make the lyrics better, try to make them uh, make sense and all of that. So there's definitely a, a part of the writing process which is very, um, I don't know, focused and and more, um, I don't know what, what you say in English, but it's... Um, more kind of the labor of it you know you have to actually use your skills hard work hard work yeah. uh, but then you sort of have to go back into that more mysterious phase to to let creativity back in you know when you, when you want to record the song and stuff you also have to be more open so that that kind of mysterious thing that we all all musicians I don't know love it has to be let back in into the process again is it addictive once, once you find that kind of mysterious thing Yes. Oh, you're kind of chasing that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's very addictive. It's very much fun. It's very, yeah, I feel very fortunate to be able to do that. 
It's a, uh, it's something that I, I wish everyone could experience. And I, I think everyone could experience it as well. It's just for some of us, it's become, or it is easier. I don't know. Do you think that's why most people don't experience it just because they, it takes too much work to get to that place? Like to actually find it? Yes. I think people underestimate how much work it actually is. I think, uh, when they haven't been uh, exploring it themselves. But of course, it's, I mean, the reason why I'm doing it now is because I know how great it feels. And it, in the beginning, it, it wasn't hard work. It was just uh, a place for me to let go and, and, and be who I wanted to be. And so I don't know if I would have, I don't think I would have tried being a musician if I didn't know that from the get go, that it's, that's a place that you can actually end up being. You mentioned as well a few moments ago that maybe like a lion or something might kind of spur you on and you have to figure out what it means and that unlocks the rest of the song. What was that in the case of Better Woman? Because I understand that was a song you had for a few years before you came back to it. What was the key for that that unlocked it for you? Actually, that one came out as a complete song when I first wrote it, uh, six years ago, maybe. And um, But the lyrics didn't really make sense to anyone else, but to me, it was... Uh, uh, kind of a stream of consciousness. I just wrote it out and I love the melody and everything, but it's, it wasn't really um, making sense uh, language-wise. And then I had to, I think we recorded one demo and then I just kind of left it because I wasn't satisfied with the lyrics and I didn't really know how to unlock it. And then I showed it to my producer last year and that's what unlocked, because he really liked the song. And that's what unlocked kind of the will for me to uh, go back into that and uh, and try and rewrite the lyrics so that they would make sense to other people as well. So how did it change? How did you rewrite it without losing that initial spark? I had to uh, dive back into kind of painful memories. And um, I think also it's very, um, it's very good to actually, when you write something in kind of the heat of the moment, it's it's, it's good to let it rest for a while and come back later and see if it's actually any good when you've cooled down a bit. And so my perspective has changed a lot since then, but I can still remember what it felt like. And so it's easier for me now to explain sort of uh, what happened um, or what it felt like now than, uh, than what it was at the, in the moment. And um, yeah, I just had to work quite hard at that one, actually. It was really difficult. It wasn't very fun, but it turned out good. But it was just not, <laughs> it wasn't very pleasant. <laughs> Do you, what you were saying there about how you go back and you kind of reflect on it as you're writing it, rewriting it rather. Do you hear that in the song? Do you hear a slight reflective element to it now that wasn't present in the initial first draft? Yeah, sure. Definitely. I do. Um, I don't know if it's anything that I could explain uh, in a good way. Just a feeling. It's just, a, it's more of a feeling and it, it seems the verses were more kind of spread out and they didn't really, in Norwegian we say like a red line through it, uh, like a coherence or something that sort of tied it all together. And now it seems more like a one moment, the whole song, which uh, before it was more like, I don't know, cut into pieces or scattered, I don't know. Yeah, because you have this kind of narrative at the centre of it, this idea of there being an argument between a couple. At what point does that reveal itself to you, that narrative device, and is that what allows you to kind of condense it and make it feel more cohesive? Mm, yes, definitely. It's very helpful to have kind of a situation that you look into and, and, and try and sort of zoom out and 
yes, try and see it from the outside a bit. Because then you can also, or at least I can then also ease, more easily describe what it actually feels like to be that one person who's experiencing that moment. And, and so that's, that's why I also think it was very helpful to just let it rest for six years <laughs> and then come back. <laughs> yeah. Where did you finish it in like the chronology of writing the EP? How far into it were you when you completed Better Woman? Oh God, I was, we were almost done with uh, everything. And, uh, that's actually become kind of a pattern for me. I, I write the songs and I, I'm never really satisfied with the lyrics, not even after they've been released, but it's, I, I try and, and do the recording of the vocals. The last, that's the last thing we do so that I have enough time to sort of process the lyrics. And, and, um, so I think, I think I finished those lyrics on the same day or maybe the day before we recorded wow. uh, the vocals. <laughs> Which is maybe, maybe it's not the healthiest way to work, but it's just not <laughs> possible. You're catching it in the moment. Yes. And it's also, the, the, I, I like to do, it's always like this with me. Um, uh, I like to do things last moment because then I have enough pressure on me so that I have to sort of really focus and really dive in and do it. And I've been told that it's, it's called procrastination and all that, but it's, uh, it's just the way it works for me. <laughs> I do the same with stuff like this. Like we're having this conversation at midday and I kind of only wrapped up the second half of the research for this at like kind of 9 to 11 a.m. this morning. Yeah, see? Well, it's fresh in your mind as well. Like it's maybe the same thing for you when you're performing. It's right there. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think it's uh, I think it's underestimated to, to do things last moment. <laughs> well, there's a bit of an energy that comes from it too. Like a momentum. Mm-hmm. Totally. And like you say, it's, it's fresh in your mind and, and it's also kind of maybe leaves you a bit more on the edge. So you have to perform a bit better. I think there's a reason why so many people do it also, because it's, it's hard to sort of focus on something that, you know, is going to happen, uh, three weeks from now. So, um, depends on who you are, of course, but for me, that's the way it is. I mean, I wonder as well, because I speak to a lot of songwriters who maybe a few years on when they look back to a song they've written, they don't quite connect with it in the same way. Is it almost tying into that? Like if you record it on the day you finish writing it, that's almost as close as you're going to be to it in terms of connecting to the what you're saying in it. Mm-hmm, definitely. It's, it's, and I think it's also fun because it creates this tension and, and it, um, it definitely keeps you uh, a bit outside of, of the comfort zone as well. Maybe I'm just saying this to excuse the fact that I'm really lazy and that I don't finish my songs in time, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, um, no, I, I really like it. And, and the whole recording process of this EP was very spontaneous and we did things, um, it was a very kind of organic way of working. Um, so it just became a natural way of doing it, I think for this time or this, this time around. What else did you do to create that, uh, atmosphere? The way you're saying that organic atmosphere for recording. Mm, it's got a lot to do with my producer. He works that way. He's very spontaneous. He's very um, creative. He has a lot of ideas all the time. Um, if he hears a drum track in his head, he just runs into the studio and he records it. Um, uh, he plays all kinds of instruments and he's just very um, open-minded and spontaneous, and but also brilliant. So a lot of the time, his ideas are actually the ones that we use in the end because he's very like, um, I think he's a very inspired uh, person. So it's got a lot to do with uh, with him and, and 
and uh, I also love to work like that. It's always kind of been the way that I love to do it, and I also love to invite musicians in and have them do what they know best how to do. Like I, I'm not a drummer, so I can't direct, or I don't feel like directing the drummer and saying you're supposed to do this and this and this and that. I let them sort of play with it and see what uh, what comes out. And obviously, we some some things we don't use and all that, but it's still. Yeah, it's still a very creative and open-minded process that I think it's much to do with my producer. How many musicians were involved in the recording of this? How many people were coming in and out of the studio to record? I think we ended up with eight people, maybe nine. Two strings and one bass player and the guitarist. No, actually six people. Yeah. Apart from me and, and Avin, my producer. Mm-hmm. How so? The song's pretty much there when you bring them in to add their part to it. Mm-hmm. But then, does that? It's interesting what you're saying as well about how you do the vocals last. Does that change anything for you once you hear it there in full and you have everyone add their parts to it? Mm, oh yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's kind of a support system to have everyone uh, there to have every instrument in place. Uh, we obviously put on like a lead vocal so that they know what how, what to play on, but. It definitely elevates the experience for me when I'm in the studio and I can hear all these things uh, or all these uh, instruments uh, on my song. It makes my energy change a bit and I think it's definitely making uh, me perform a lot better. Uh, than if, Or obviously if the song is very stripped down and that's fine, but if it's the song that where it's supposed to be uh, huge or, or bigger, then, then uh, that definitely makes uh, me perform in a different way. I wanted to ask as well about one of the the kind of motifs on the EP that starts on Deep Within, the first song. You have this idea of self-destruction with pointing the gun to your head and the bullet getting stuck. And you come back to it a few times throughout the EP, again on fire. It's this idea of, again, self-destruction. Do you see that in yourself, that side to it? Is there a self-destructive element to your creativity and what you're doing in any way? Yes, that's very interesting. Um, definitely. Uh, there's definitely self-sabotage in there, I would say. Uh, and I think this is also very common with with creatives that we have a phase of just sort of um, tearing down everything that we've just made and saying to ourselves that it's shit and that it's never going to work and that uh, you're a bad singer, you're a bad songwriter, uh, blah, blah, blah. I always go through that with every song, with every recording, with every everything I... I, I make myself, I always have this phase of doubting it massively and thinking that it's going to be a huge flop and that everyone's going to hate it. And sometimes it even happen, happens as I'm writing, which is terrible because that's when you sort of just have to leave leave everything and just do something else for a while because it's going to sort of stop that flow and stop the and take away all the fun. Do you know... In the moment, can you put it in your mind that I'm going to get through this and this always happens and I'm going to push through it? Or does it feel like this is going to be the one time where it's actually true? It always feels like it's the one time where it's going to be true. <laughs> <laughs> I never I never am conscious enough of what's happening. It's always kind of overwhelming and it's, yeah, I don't know. How long does it take to go? Oh, uh, depends. Um, it can last for months where you're just in that constant state of just hating everything you write. Uh, or it can be just a few minutes and then and then you realize that, um, yeah, it's not true and that you can keep going. 
But it's, it's the worst periods when it's just like a constant state of mind where you just rethink and uh, reevaluate everything every day and, and, and don't really trust that you're uh, doing the right thing. I've been through that a few times. I mean, if it lasts for months, can that then bleed into your life out with the creative space? Because if songwriting is the thing that's at the center of your life and you're feeling really negative about that, you would almost think that could induce a depression out oh, yeah. with it. Yeah. Sure, definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's it's uh, funny, or it, maybe it's not funny, or, uh, but it's, it's definitely very clear to me that uh, a lot of my friends uh, who are musicians, my, my colleagues really, everyone has this side to them and it's it's kind of always a balance and uh you have to be aware of of uh of that because you could actually fall into a depression or at least have a lot of anxiety and and, and struggle really uh, because it's a very vulnerable uh thing to do to release music and to tell people your story basically um and and sort of just yeah have people review basically your your person all the time <laughs> yeah it's an interesting way to think about it like what you're saying there about review your person like the music is you mm-hmm. when people are saying things about it, mm, it can you protect yourself from that hmm? can you protect yourself from that i've been wondering i've, I've been asking myself the same question <laughs> I, I, I think we can protect ourselves from it by maybe not reading all the reviews and and uh, and having good friends having people to talk with, be open about it. This is actually a huge uh, theme in the Norwegian music industry at the moment that we're talking about m- mental health and and uh, and creatives or, or people in this business because a lot of people are struggling with it and uh, it hasn't really been something that we've talked much about. And you know the narrative of the, of the tormented uh, singer-songwriter, you know, it's always like, yeah, it's almost as if you have to be depressed to be a good songwriter. It's a kind of romanticized uh, image uh, of what it's like to be creative. I mean, you could also look at it as you get depression from being a good songwriter. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly it. And I think also a lot of people, like throughout history, who's who've been great songwriters or great artists who have suffered from very bad mental health, they haven't had the 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 places to talk about it. They haven't had the friends who protected them from. Um, from it on, and uh, they haven't gotten the help they needed. They could have thrived and been very happy while actually being just as brilliant. I th- and that's my opinion. I don't think you have to be miserable to <laughs> to be good at at this. It kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier on as well about having people coming into the studio, like having that direct support network there. So that when it gets too much, you can kind of fall back on that. It's almost like a safety net to help you. It's crucial to have good people around you. And what's also beautiful is that uh, the vulnerability in writing is, is um, and in in uh, opening, you have to be very open-minded and very vulnerable in order to create good music together. You have to be very tuned in. And, and that also makes for very, very great friendships because we get to know each other really well and really deeply. So that's... Uh, I feel that I can really, um, I have a lot of support in in, uh, in my uh, colleagues and I also feel like I can support them in a good way. Um, we talk a lot about these things and we help each, each other through it when it's it's difficult. So that's really beautiful, it's really great. You were saying as well, you know, this is something that's been talked about a lot 
in the music industry over there at the moment. What else is kind of happening as a result of that conversation? Are there changes being made to protect artists? I feel that definitely, yes, that it's uh, it's become easier to talk about these things and it's become something that we can talk about in public and publicly as well like on tv or on the radio or whatever it's um we have several artists opening up about difficult times in their lives and it's not just like oh, a bad breakup or something it's actually about serious mental health issues and and also i experience firsthand that the community around me uh, is very strong that it's very positive affirming that we we are sort of competitors but at the same time we're also friends and allies really uh, and we wish each other well and we know that if we support each other it's also going to be better for ourselves so it's um it's definitely very different i think from what it was like 10 15 uh 20 years ago which is also you know it's it's, it's great you were saying as well that you know some really beautiful friendships can come out as a result of sharing this really intense experience together when you're creating music. What for you is the most emotional part of creating? The most emotional part of that process? Um, I think there are two stages that are very emotional. It's the, the initial state when you start writing and when you start to sort of realize that um, you've uh, tapped into something that is it's worthwhile writing about, um, which is often very deeply personal. Um, so that's kind. Of, that's very emotional. That can kind of wear me out a little bit. I have to uh, take a nap after, <laughs> after, after that. Um, and then it's the recording of the vocals. That can be very emotional, very tough um, um, for me, at least. I've broken down several times. Just ask my producer. It's been. He's had to be very. <laughs> um, I don't know, gentle with me because I've been very fragile. Um, you know, sometimes you just want to, I don't know, write about it and leave it there and never look at it again. And then you have to sort of sing it 20 times and make it sound good. Uh, it's, uh, can, it can be really, really difficult if it's a song that you that means a lot to you or, yeah, brings up memories, whatever. Is that just the result of the repetition? Like, does it get to its most emotionally intensity when you're like 10 takes in? Definitely not. It can be perfect the first time you do it, and then, then you just have to repeat it because you got a word wrong, or uh, you definitely don't have to repeat it. But sometimes we just have to to get the details right, and then of course sometimes you're not warmed up and you're not really into it. So repeating in a few times can be be helpful, but it's it's not like you have to, or it's it just really depends on the day and and how you're feeling and how your voice is performing it's always different you mentioned a really interesting idea a few moments back to that the artist is always searching for something what do you feel like you were searching for with this ep i think i was searching for kind of maybe some freedom uh from uh, my de- my first album was very um depressing to write and it was really um i was very self-conscious and um, serious about it and I, I think I just wanted to be more uh, joyful and have more of a good time and play with it instead of being uh, so serious so yeah I think that's what I was searching for a more happy place and a more nuanced sort of place 
because you know uh, grief is one thing but it's it's uh, there's always other there are always other emotions there as well and i was kind of i think i was looking for those uh those other emotions too not just the the heaviest ones was the first album though was it almost also a part of the search like did you have to make that album first to get to this point where you start hunting for the other emotions oh yeah definitely uh, I actually felt after I released that first album that I was kind of done. I was through. I was. I had done what I needed to do. I had sort of finished my work, and yeah, it was a huge step for me to just release that thing. It was kind of a yeah, it had to be done. But I wasn't really sure what I was going to do after. Uh, but it also opened up a lot of doors for me because I was sort of finished with that chapter when I released that album. So uh, yeah, I couldn't have. I couldn't have done this without releasing that album it had to be done has your approach to writing changed since you found that freedom like in the actual process itself in any way Mm -hmm. i feel that it's changed a lot i've become it's become a more joyful process it's uh it's less subconscious and and more i think i'm more curious and i challenge myself a lot more um if i'm not happy with with a sentence i really sit down and work on it for a long time so I've become, I think I've matured a little bit and, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel more confident, I think, as a songwriter now than I did before that album. You're saying there as well that you might sit down and work on a sentence or a particular line for a while and really work on it until it's right. How much is it changing from the first time that line comes out to the final draft of it? Does it shift radically or is it just almost fine tuning it? Depends on the sentence. Sometimes I just scrap the whole sentence and replace it with something else. Um, and sometimes it's just fine tuning it. Like you say, it's just like maybe one word or maybe just, I don't know, changing the order of the words. Um, maybe just uh, putting the sentence somewhere else in the song. But it's just looking at the structure and really trying to figure out how it's going to sound best and how it's going to convey the message in the best possible way. Um, and in my opinion, there it can always be done better. So, um, I would, if I sat down with my released songs now and went through them, I would definitely rewrite all of them <laughs> <laughs> again. I think. <laughs> do you structureize your writing, or do you have that structure in place and you kind of just rearrange it? No, it's more of a that's it's more of an emotional process. I think I just I just try and uh, um, and see, or when I go through it, I just. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I haven't really thought about that. I was trying to explain it, and I realized I I don't really know. No, it's uh, it's definitely an emotional pro- uh, process, so it's not a structured one. We've spoken a lot about the new EP and the writing process and how that feeds into it. I did want to touch briefly on the live setting too, because I heard you you played in an old beer barrel <laughs> yes. once. It's funny that you mentioned that. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> How, how, yeah, I think how is the one question there, how? How I ended up in the beer barrel? Um, uh, yeah, and how uh, it worked. <laughs> um, it wasn't in Sweden, it was in um, Gothenburg. And there was this hotel that they had this convention, it's called uh, Nordic Folk Alliance. So it's just a gathering of, of musicians and um, everyone plays I don't know, five shows during like one weekend. And they just had this huge beer barrel outside that they've made into kind of a little house. How big? 
oh, it's very small. Um, I don't know how, but maybe if it's like 10 people, maybe five to 10 people. It was just completely round and and but the acoustics in there in there were amazing because it was just wood and it was very old and um yeah so they decided to <laughs> host a few shows in there it was great <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really fun to play in there but it's yeah it was really strange i think i have a photo yeah. of me standing outside it <laughs> i can imagine that's quite an intimate show mm-hmm, 10 people yeah. did you say is it quite tightly packed as well oh yeah i was standing wow. they were like in in completely up in my face it's very <laughs> disturbing it's very difficult to play like that but it's also very much fun yeah there must be an intensity about it mm-hmm. yeah you can see everyone's face facial expressions and you just have to sort of live with it if someone doesn't like it i mean if if it's um if it's a huge crowd and and the spotlights are on you can't see anyone but if it's like that you can see everyone and it's intimidating it's very very scary We've spoken a fair amount about this idea of freedom with the new EP and how you felt this freedom to explore. At what point during the process of it did you feel most free in your creativity? Oh, I think I think when I was writing deep within um, about with the bullet in the barrel uh, thing, I think that song just came to me very quickly and it was very intuitive. Yeah, I really liked it immediately. It kind of wrote itself, which barely never happens uh, to me anymore. That would happen a lot before, but it never, almost never happens anymore. So I think that was a huge release when I sort of finally got to a point, because I think that was one of the first songs I wrote um, after deciding to record this EP. I, uh, um, I needed a few songs, and so I wrote that one. Yeah, it was very free, free kind of writing process with that one. And uh, also recording, it was very easy, very much fun. It just clicked, kind of. Is there a song you've written in which you feel like you've perfectly expressed yourself artistically and said exactly what you want to say with it? I think Better Woman is a good example of that. It's way more expressive than the other songs that I've written lately. Um it's less abstract than a lot of the other things I write. It's kind of easier for people to understand, or at least that's that's what I'm experiencing now, that people actually know what it's about without me telling them what it's about. And so, yeah, that was it. I, I felt very powerful when recording that one. It was, um, and also performing it is very much fun because it's expressive and extroverted in a way. Mm-hmm. 